0: so hi everyone welcome to info so today we will be having a discussion on cloud auditing the concepts of cloud auditing governance and all and we will discuss about the exam preparation strategy for ccak also okay that's a plan for today and uh, my name is krish i'll be your speaker for this webinar so just to give you a background about my profile team i've been working in it for the last 19 plus years and I'm currently working as a cloud enterprise architect and solutions consultant for almost from 2010. And that's about my profile team. For more information, you can visit my LinkedIn profile team. So let's start now so team we have to basically uh, discuss about a few concepts on cloud governance and auditing and when talking about cloud auditing what is the challenges we have basically what is the biggest factors we have to keep in mind while doing a cloud audit and what are the constraints we have and what are the documents which we can use as a baseline for doing a cloud auditing and which all certifications can help us to build that cloud auditing skills okay this is the plan for today so first of all team we have to understand the concept of a governance okay now see whenever we are working as a part of our organization okay now let's suppose that if you or i am we all working of part of the some organizations right and for our organization to make sure that they are doing everything okay they are doing all the things as per their business requirements is basically what we as a governance so the governance include the policies process and controls that comprises how the organizations run so i'll give an example team now let's suppose that we have a we have a technical experts in the company we have a financial experts in the company we have human resources in the company so we have multiple people in the company who deals with a lot of technical things like that then why do you need to have a governance or a people who basically talk about the management activities the reason is because team we want to make sure that whatever activities done by the the people or the team in the organization is aligned with the business requirements of the company see at the end of the day we are not working for any providers we are working for a organization right like for example let's say now uh, let's suppose that you're working as a organization called as a abc corp so for an organization called as a abc corp okay let's suppose that they are going to a cloud platform like amazon or azure or google or alibaba or whatever it is when this particular company is going for a cloud provider we are not concerned about the cloud provider we are concerned about our organization and our data right so to ensure these things are happening effectively as expected that is why we have a proper governance and the key which we have to implement a corporate governance is what we call as a policies right the key for implementing a governance is what we call as a policy like example for common policy which we use in our enterprises like password policy then data retention policy then data privacy and security policy encryption standards like this we have hundreds of policies in organization so why do we do that to enforce that governance, right? And cloud computing will heavily affect the governance because when you go to a cloud platform, cloud introduces a completely different business strategy or cloud introduces a completely different model. And this is not so common when you see in the on-premises. I'll give an example team. When you basically go to the on-premises, in the company the governance is defined by the organization and it's completely implemented by the organization and you have a complete control over it but at the same time when you go to a cloud platform governance is defined by the cloud service provider and as an organization we have to make sure that that is aligned with our business requirements without any gap that is a primary challenge which we have when you go to a cloud platform Okay, now let's suppose that team I'm going to a cloud platform called as Amazon or maybe Azure or Google etc. So I can basically design the solutions only based on the underlying structure they have given right. So what happens team? There is a third party involved there. Okay, there is a third party involved there as there is a third party involved there. What is the problem there team? We may have a lot of challenges we can face. So I'll give you some challenges which we are going to face when talking about a governance first of all team do you get any control over the underlying infrastructure when you go to a cloud platform let's suppose that i am now going to a cloud platform called as azure microsoft azure do you have any st- uh, control over the infrastructure or do you have any control over how they are handling their data center day to day activities no. So what happens, team? The cloud might it might impose a loss of direct control over your IT infrastructure. So because of that reason, what happens, team? You may not have a visibility in that perspective. Okay. So that is one challenge. See, how can you have a responsibility about the cloud service provider's data center? The next challenge we have is that team. When we basically have a governance, we have something called as a data data you know data location constraints, right? We have something called as a data location constraints right we want to make sure there is a proper data residency requirements for example let's say if you are an organization who is processing the data of european customers you must make sure that the data is stored in only specific locations as per the compliance requirements but cloud is a global offering right cloud is a global offer so basically what happens team when the cloud is a global offering obviously what will happen team so team when you talk talk about the word callers govern the cloud platform the cloud platform is spanning multiple jurisdictions right the cloud platform is basically spanning multiple jurisdictions and the biggest challenge is that what if your data is basically stored in different locations let's suppose that you are now going to a cloud platform and the cloud service provider tomorrow copy your data to some different locations what will happen team the problem is that the cloud service provider make a mistake by copying your data different location at the end of the day it's going to affect your organization right so that is the second challenge we have location of data and control over the data the third thing is that when you basically go to a cloud platform there are a lot of things which you cannot outsource like for example now uh you want like you are a banking organization or you are a financial organization who has to comply with the pcdss does it mean that team when i go to the cloud platform it can be taken care by the uh, cloud service provider no it's up to you only right that is the next challenge like this team we have many challenges when you basically go for a cloud platform governance can become completely different or there is a lot of perspectives which can be different when you basically go to a cloud platform and obviously the shared responsibility model what happens team as there is a shared responsibility model you have a lot of limitations okay you have a lot of limitations and you have a lot of challenges you may face when you basically go to the cloud platform so what i am trying to say is that team when you go to a cloud platform governance can be challenging because what happens team the cloud introduces a third party a new business models new technologies which are not so common in the Compromise scenarios right that is the first point we have to understand and as a part of governance team we want to make sure that what is the risk we can manage or what is the risk we can tolerate or what is our risk appetite for that we have something called as a enterprise risk management okay we have something called as a enterprise risk management and what is the enterprise risk management we want to make sure that we can manage the overall risk of our organization to make sure we are you know uh, that is uh how much risk which can be tolerated by the organization we want to make sure we are limiting that risk to that level is basically what we call as a enterprise risk management right and always keep in mind team, when you go to a cloud platform the biggest challenge we have is that in the cloud platform we have something called as a shared responsibility model and as we have a shared responsibility model what will happen team the problem is that as we have a shared responsibility model we have a dependency on lot of things for the cloud service provider right this is about the cloud governance team and we have to customize the governance policies controls and the way we are doing things as per the cloud service provider strategy like for example uh normally what we have we have we don't have a policy called as data location or data you know transfer policy because what happens when you go to a cloud platform okay the cloud platform the biggest problem we have is that you have a data you are storing somewhere let's suppose you have a data you are storing somewhere in the on-premises out of your data which all data you can transfer to the cloud service platform that must be properly addressed in which all locations or in which all jurisdictions where you can keep your data who are the data owners who is responsible for securing data like this you have to make a proper governance challenge or governance strategy based on the changing cloud model okay this is the primary thing which we have to keep in mind so just to give you an idea about what i have discussed there is a diagram here i will tell you so you can see that we have an asset okay we have a data or whatever it is we have an asset which requires some kind of protection right we have an asset which basically requires protection and how can i give protection to something we basically protect something based on three things that is confidentiality, integrity, and availability. We protect these things on three factors called as confidentiality, integrity, and availability. So we have to ensure our asset confidentiality or asset integrity or asset availability by having an effective cloud or security governance. I'll give an example team. Now, let's say that we have an AWS expert here. Okay. We have an AWS expert here. We have a Azure expert here, or we have a pen tester, or we have a uh, you know uh, the SOC expert. So team, if we have a people like this, then why do you need a governance there in picture? If the people can handle all these things by themselves, then why do you need a governance expert there, team? Or why do you want to have a security governance there to ensure that? The process is happening properly and things are getting properly aligned with the business requirements okay the things are getting properly aligned with the business requirement that is a primary reason why we need to have a security governance and as we discussed governance can be implemented properly using policies and continuous monitoring and all these things now but again now I am saying that team don't worry your data is safe with me i have every every controls properly in place let's suppose you are your customer you are my customers and i am your cloud service provider or maybe i am your provider and i am saying that your data is safe with me or your data is completely you know uh, i have i'm keeping it properly but how do i demonstrate it to my clients clients need a demonstration right clients want to have an assurance how do i demonstrate it through various compliance standards frameworks security certification standards regulations etc right so team is it mandatory for our organization to comply with the iso 27001 no no right so what happens, and then why do we are doing it the reason why we are doing it is because we want to make sure that this particular thing will prove my security effectiveness or this will basically prove make a trust to my consumers or my customers like the same way that is how we demonstrate it okay now As i discussed team when you go to a cloud platform at the governance will definitely change a lot especially in the perspective of cost management costing can be entirely different in the cloud platform right because what happens if you go to the on-premises the costing model is different if you go to the cloud platform the costing model is different so defining a proper costing model or dynamic defined costing model is a biggest challenge when you go to the cloud platform then We also want to ensure that there is a proper compliance. I'll give an example. Now, we always say that whenever we are going to the cloud platform, we are doing something called as a risk transference. We are doing a risk transference. That means what we are transferring certain risk to the cloud service provider. See, they can provide data security for you. That is completely up to them. But then at the end of the day, it's the liability for you only. I'll give an example team now. Uh, Cisco is providing your firewall or Palo Alto is providing your firewall so that doesn't mean that they are responsible for security no right they are the one who is providing some options for it but you have to make sure it's done as per your business requirements so certain risk you can never transfer to the cloud service provider risk of data security and compliance like that okay so that is a very important thing which we have to keep in mind in the cloud platform the third thing is that resiliency so now let's suppose that you go to a cloud platform and the cloud service provider is supposed to provide you the proper resiliency who is responsible for providing the business continuity if you go to a cloud platform it's always the cloud service consumer so krish no it's a shared responsibility it's a cloud service provider but what i'm saying is that team, when talking about bcdr i always say that providing it for your business it's always your responsibility I'll give an example team just a simple example here to make you uh, clear with that particular point. So I'm just taking a simple example to show you here. There is something called as a storage. So I will show you a simple comparison start here. So you can see that there is a storage here. They are saying that if you copy something to this storage they will make at least three replicas of it and they will provide you with the 99.99% availability if you go for this particular storage they will they will basically copy your data to only one availability zone and they will only offer you 99.5 percent availability team on what basis some organizations will go for this or maybe some organizations will go for this it's based on what is the level of bcdr strategy they expect right what is the level of business continuity factor they expect i'll give an example some people basically go for a multi-zone deployment and some people go for multi-region deployment or some people go for multi-cloud why they go for it why do they want to go for multi-cloud or multi-zone multi-region see you are choosing the services you are choosing the various options you are choosing the rto rpo wrt and all these things are purely based on your bcdr requirements obviously right so bcdr is your responsibility when you go to a cloud platform the next challenge or next most important thing talking about the cloud governance the team when talking about cloud governance one primary point every organization must keep in their mind is about the portability So, what is a portability like i can give an example now i am currently using azure even i am uh, today also i am seeing many organizations okay i am seeing day-to-day many organizations who trust a provider and who depend on a single provider do you know what is the biggest challenge for it if a company completely you know bias or completely design solutions only in the perspective of only one cloud service provider tomorrow if they basically don't like that provider or tomorrow if they feel like okay they want to go to a different provider they will have a lot of challenges they will not be able to move there can be a portability issue we call us vendor lock in but again portability is the ability of a resource to move from one provider to another you want to completely move from aws to azure or azure to aws or vice versa whatever it is that's a portability issue and we like for example in my in many companies now we go for something called as a interoperability team why companies go for multi-cloud now you have heard of multi-cloud, I guess what is the reason why companies nowadays go for multi-cloud? Trust me, almost seventy percent companies I know now is using multi-cloud strategy. One main reason is that they want to choose the best. I'll show an example now, let's suppose that I am going to a cloud service provider here okay let it let it be Amazon, let it be Azure, whatever it is. when I am going to a cloud service provider called as Amazon or Azure or Google or whatever it is. Let's say an example in AWS. We have a service called as a AWS Guard duty. It's a uh, some similar kind of sim tool in AWS. Okay, Guard Duty. it's a threat intelligence tool. So team when I'm using AWS is it mandatory for me to go for this tool for uh, managing my log files and all or basically securing my law or uh, you know verifying my log files. No, if I'm basically going for something called as a uh, you know Azure is it mandatory for me to go for the same service in Azure only no the reason is because i want to make sure okay i get the best service as per my business requirements because whenever you're going for any cloud service the first thing you will look is that what is my business requirements what are the key factors i have to address when going for a cloud platform so what happens if that is not not properly met it's a gap right so what you will do you have to figure out the best solutions given by different providers and you must be able to use them together like kind of interoperability thing okay that is one reason why people want to go for a multi-cloud strategy and now comes the golden part of it so how do you ensure compliance how do you ensure all these things how do you ensure portability how do you ensure uh, you know proper governance how do you talk to the cloud service provider how do you have an assurance over what all things you're doing the only way you can have an assurance over or you can have a you know a assurance over various co- the communication the cloud service provider is that you must have a contract. Contract is the only legal document which defines the relationship between your company and the cloud service provider. Now, for example, let's say my cloud service provider is saying that they will offer me this kind of services in these these levels. But do you think that they will guarantee give you the thing? Or what is the guarantee you have there? If you want to have a guarantee on something. Contract and SLA is a part of the contract, right? That is the most important thing which we have. How much effective your contract is, that much effective you can have a cloud strategy. Now comes the auditing part. So, team, my first question is that why do we audit? We can we can basically do things properly, right? Why do you audit? If you want to have an assurance over something, if you want to have a trust factor, if you want to have an assurance over certain things auditing is the key thing right like for example if i'm saying that i want to have an assurance over the cloud service providers infrastructure i want to have an assurance over the way they are handling my data i want to have an assurance over certain particular factors which affects my compliance or whatever it is so for that we do auditing so i want to make sure that my infra is basically done as per the SOC compliance so what i will do i'll do a SOC audit right like the same way the auditing is based on certain things and definitely see auditing is not always unbiased. We have different type of auditing. There is something called as an internal auditing. That means this is done by the organization by themselves. Okay, when you say the word internal auditing it is done by the organization by themselves. To to you know to ensure that they are providing a quality of service to ensure that they are having some you know values, but again how do you prove your compliance to your customers by something called as a third-party auditing right so like for example we have a lot of bodies like iso uh, aicpa and a lot of companies like that who provide this auditing for you so what is the benefit of it so when a third party when there is a underlying or when there is a unbiased third party who review and review some of the cloud service provider based on set certain baselines, it can be SLA or it can be some standards, whatever it is, and they do the auditing and certify it. It can give a trust to the consumers regarding the capabilities which that is provided by the cloud service or provided to the cloud service consumers. Okay and especially when you go to a cloud platform nothing else is matters when you go to a cloud platform the only way is to have a, have a estimation of how much data availability you get how much performance you get how much uh, compliance you get and all these things And to verify things to validate things properly is to have a proper audit reports like i can give an example if you basically go to a cloud service provider they will give you very vari- hundreds of audit reports why do they give hundreds of audit reports from third party to increase your trust on the cloud service provider right that's it now now the next problem is that team when you talk talk about the cloud auditing okay there is some difference from the on-premises see team how do you do on-premise auditing i'll give an example let's suppose that i want to do something called as a information security audit just an example i want to do something called as a information security audit so when you want to do an information security audit it's not so complicated right you basically make a checklist of what all things you want to verify okay you basically make a checklist of what all things you want to verify like for example i want to make sure that my information security policy is properly updated my information policy is properly approved by the uh, authorities my information uh, security policy is having proper classification like that we basically make a predefined checklist for auditing and we verify the proper documents we verify the proper artifacts or documents and we ask questions okay we ask questions and what happens team based on that we do something called as a information security audit like the same way we do application security audit we do something called as a network device audit like this we can do a lot of audit based on various business requirements but in the cloud platform this normal way of auditing may not work as expected why in the cloud platform it may not work as expected because in the cloud platform auditing may not be that easy or that flexible as a way you're expecting. And what does the cloud computing auditing provide? Team, the auditing provides you with a visibility over the cloud provider or cloud infrastructure's current state. Or how the current state of the cloud service infrastructure and how it can be improved what is the gaps between the requirements and what is the risk which is basically there and cloud audit will help us to identify the cost identify the vulnerabilities see there's a lot of challenges out of that team i have i have selected this four main challenges here it's not the four you have a lot more things in that but again this is the common four challenges we are having one is transparency in auditing because what happens you don't see the auditing process happening right you never see that there is an auditing process happening properly you have to basically see the way they're all there is no guarantee that the auditing is properly happening in the cloud platform and the cloud service provider is doing it for you so because of what happens team as there is a cloud service provider who is doing the auditing there it may not be that trustable sometimes for the consumers then third party administrators what is the third third-party administrators whenever you go to a cloud platform what happens is that team you completely have a shared responsibility model and as you have a shared responsibility model the biggest problem is that you have a lot of dependency on the cloud service provider let me give a simple example here so i am taking the example of a ias cloud service so team if you go for a ias service or pass service or saas service do you get your hypervisor logs at any point of time team do you get the hypervisor logs? at any point of time no when you go for a pass platform for 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 some for assurance for something look at the os logs no so you have a you have a visibility levels you have a uh you know block in the visibility levels there that is the biggest challenge which we have when you go to a cloud platform the third challenge we have is the team we have something called as a co-location multi-tenancy that means what many customers are sharing the infrastructure and obviously what happens the cloud service provider may not be willing to perform an audit only for you or basically they don't allow you to walk into the premises and do their auditing for your organization right that is one very important challenge which we are having especially when you go to a cloud platform you are completely uh, relying on that third party audits and basically that is and sometimes there's a fourth party also like what if the cloud service provider is having a, a data center leased by some leased from someone see there can be a lot of challenges there right that is what we call as a co-location challenge and obviously the last one is shared responsibility as in the cloud platform everything is a shared responsibility it is not the way we are expecting we will not be able to do things as expected right these are the key challenges in the cloud auditing now what is the first or what is the key factors regarding the auditing team first of all when you say auditing okay there are many factors we do like we, we do different type of audits like we do auditing something like a infrastructure audit performance audit cost assessment audit vulnerability scanning audit config hardening audit DevSecOps audit like this we can do a different kinds of audits okay and for every auditing there is someone called as a requester for every auditing we have someone called as a audit requester okay there is someone who is going to request request for auditing like basically he he want to do the auditing so he is the one who basically requests for auditing so it can be an organization it can be a team it can be a whole uh, company whatever it is there is a person or an entity who is requesting for a audit okay and when a company or person is requesting for audit the first thing they will ask is that why do you want to audit the auditor the first question that auditor must convince is that team why do you want to audit what is the purpose of auditing why do you want to do the audit and what is the outcome you are expecting from this audit is it for identifying some gaps is it for identifying some security issues is it for identifying some compliance challenges so, what is the purpose of audit? And most importantly, what is the scope of audit? Scope is a very important thing. Okay. Scope of audit is a very important thing. Got a team? Scope plans a key role. Scope is a very important thing when you go to audit perspective. Then, when you basically do the auditing team, the next factor is that when you say scope, okay the audit scope defines or basically it defines what you want to audit, or basically what you see in the audit in fact when you basically go for an audit report or when you see an audit report the first thing you have to verify is the scope of audit so now aws is saying that their infrastructure or their services are uh pcds certified or maybe their infrastructure is iso certified so team what is the first thing you look so which all AWS regions are part of the audit and in that regions which all AWS services are part of the audit like this. That is what we call as a scope of audit. Scope is a very important thing for any kind of audit. Okay, scope purpose is a very important thing. And what is a vantage point? Vantage point means that It's basically talking about the visibility when we are doing auditing. How much is the accessibility of the auditor? what the auditor can see or what is the scope they can see or do the auditing is what we call as a vantage point okay that's it this is the primary thing about the auditing team so now there is a question this is the most important challenge which you have to understand i feel iso is a very important thing for sure PCDS is there then aicpa NIST, a lot of things are there but the problem is that all these things are designed all these things are designed with on-premises in mind right these are designed for the on-premises right that is a problem these things are completely designed for the on-premises then how can you basically use it for the cloud platform and in the cloud platform you have a lot of challenges right that is why the cloud security alliance or the csa has made a document called as a ccm document cloud control metrics document most important thing team it's a very interesting topic cloud control metrics document okay the csa or the cloud security alliance has basically come up with a document called as a ccm document or cloud control metrics document and what is the goal of the ccm document team the goal of a ccm document is to basically bridge the gap i will say it's an easy way it will basically bridge the gap between this common industry level standards and the cloud platform let me give an example now you are saying that there is something called as a iso 27001 okay so what happens this is something which is everyone know this is something adopted by most of the organizations pcidss nest Like this, these things are basically adopted by a lot of organizations worldwide, and they are currently following that for sure. But suddenly, if I'm saying this is not possible, you have to come up with a new standard, it's challenging. So, what we do there, team, that is where the CCM can help you. The CCM is a document which is basically having 17 domains. Okay, I'll show you the document, don't worry. It contains 17 domains, and in and as a whole, for 17 domains, there is 197 controls for this this is a document which actually help you to build the gap between your existing standards and the cloud platform let me give you a simple example for this team so this is what we call as a ccm document okay this is the latest ccm document version 4.0.5 as of now in this training so this is what we call as a ccm document you can see that the ccm document contain 197 controls and 17 domains okay so, first of all, team, we'll basically go to something called as a scope applicability. Let me show you an example. They have a total of 17 domains. See, first domain, audit and assurance. Second domain, application and interface security. Third domain, business continuity management, operational resilience. Fourth domain, they have something called as a change control and configuration management. Domain number five. Cryptography, encryption, key management. Like this, they have a total of 17 domains. Okay, this is basically what we call as a domain name. Like this, we have a 17 domains. In each of the domains, these are the controls. So what is it? This is this is basically the domain name. This is basically the domain name. Okay, domain name, and this is basically the controls. It's, I'll yeah, I'll come to that. Let's suppose that so we have let let me just scroll down here so there is something called as a there is something called as a application and interface security policy and procedures okay this is one control of this application security domain application security policy and procedures so now the question is that team there is a question do you have a proper mechanism to document approve and communicate a proper you know policies for application security so they will give you in the right side. You can see that they will say, see, first of all, PCADS is for PCADS. They are saying that this is no, not completely meeting PCDS because what happens, team? In the PCDS, this is missing. Basically, what happens? The CCM is basically having some list of standards there, and out of that, all the controls of PCDS are there, but this is basically missing in PCDSS there is nothing called as approved policies and procedures for application security so that is why it showed as a partial gap now application security baselining do you have a proper mechanism for making a proper application security baselining they say that there is no gap what is no gap in team no gap means that this is completely complying with the, the PCDSS is completely meeting all the requirements for application security baselining requirements now Next is called as a full gap. What is a full gap team? Full gap means that there is no mapping or there is no controls specific for application security in the PCDSS. If I go to the next one, we have something called as a AICP or TSC. We have something called as a ISO 27001 C. So let me just take another domain here. If I scroll down. So we are talking about something called as a backup. So do you have a mechanism to make sure there is a proper periodic backup of data stored in the cloud platform with proper insurance of confidentiality in all these things and do you have a backup restoration in intervals. They are saying that there is a partial gap. What is a partial gap? That means the ISO standard called as 27001 is missing this particular thing. What is missing thing? They are basically not don't have a mechanism for data restoration verification. See like this this particular document is a golden template or this is a major document which every auditors when i do auditing or when anyone go auditing this is a major document that every companies follow because nothing to worry about it's basically you know it's more easy mapping to all a lot of things like that okay let me give you another example here unauthorized there is a domain called as a change 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 management so the first control is what we call as a unauthorized change protection now you are submitting your cloud platform for pcdss auditing you can basically make sure it's aligned with this particular ccm document so obviously what happens it will be complying with the pcdss okay see for change management do you have an unauthorized change control protection change management protection they say no gap no gap means they are completely meeting the requirement the iso standard is completely meeting the requirement for change management if i scroll down do you have a change management baseline? So they say that partial gap Partial gap means what? There is no specification for the ISO standard which mentions about the change management baselines. Okay. The latest version of CCM is CCM version 4. Now there are two doubts you will have. So, Krish, how do I basically implement this? That is why recently they have released something called as a implementation guidelines for this thing. That means that for each domain of the CCM. Okay, they have done something called as a implementation guideline. What is implementation guideline? They tell you the the things you have to follow for implementing these controls. Let me give an example here. I'm scrolling down this. Here we have a backup you can see there is a backup here there is a control called as a backup so what is a control periodically make sure there is a proper data backup from the cloud so the implementation guideline says that you must have a proper scope frequency and duration of backup krish why don't they recommend why don't they say the duration the duration of backup is based on your business right it's rpo requirement of your business right so you have to decide your business requirements for rpo and you clear, clearly define in what intervals we have to perform the backup and how long we have to keep the data then the data backup process should be monitored by employing technical and organizational controls the backup and restoration procedures should be periodically tested and documented because an untested document is more likely to fail. So, we want to make sure the controls are properly tested. We must verify the data restoration is done and it must also be done by authorized people. See, like this, see, they are saying that, okay, these are the controls, but if you want more controls, you can go for this document. Like this, you have the implementation guideline, which clearly mentions how you can implement this okay how you can implement this for your business in a very clear simple language this is a generic document so it will be flexible for any organization now once you implement it okay once you implement it you want to verify it also right but how do i verify it that is why we have something called as a auditing guidelines so the auditing guideline says that when after you have implemented all these controls okay after you have implemented these controls how can we audit those things properly like for example in implementation i'm saying that we must make sure there is a proper change management policy in the business in the audit guidelines we say that how do i audit that how do i verify that this is what we need for our understanding purpose team when you say you're auditing something this part of the this the auditing guideline is a very very critical document which can help any auditor to do the, to perform this operation the auditing deadline i'll give you a simple example so you must have a proper change management okay we must have an unauthorized change protection this is for csp csc and cloud auditors or, or for all three see there is an unauthorized change protection here that means what restrict unauthorized addition removal and all these things so we verify that or we basically ensure that by doing these two tasks we examine the policy for authorization we examine the implementation of such policy and controls in the implementation guideline we say that we basically do these things or sorry these things right and in the auditing guideline we say that how do i verify it so this implementation guideline is a document which help you to implement as a cloud service provider and cloud service consumer at the same time if you go for auditing guidelines that provides your way of auditing it or assessing it okay now team just one more thing to make it very clear to you that people as multiple people ask me the queries so there is uh, some people ask me that so krish now my company has to comply with the pc In my previous webinars i talk about pass through and all these things but later we can talk it later but anyway we have something called as a pcdss how do i ensure there is a proper controls there so i can have a pcdss guidelines for aws or for azure by default available in the website so aws provides you with the proper pcdss implementation guideline so basically what happens this document will help you to uh verify the pcdss implementation in your cloud platform see you can basically do that like this okay so you can basically make sure the gaps are properly bridged using the ccm document so this is a super document this is the best document ever for making sure that you can map your existing business security requirements and business standards and compliance requirements to a cloud platform by bridging the gap between on premise and cloud okay the ccm and as a part of the CCM team, you get a bonus thing. It was a separate document previously, but as a part of CCM, now you get a bonus called as a CAIQ or consensus assessments initiative questionnaire. Now, see, auditing is all about asking questions, right? Like the same way for any organization who want to go to a cloud service provider, they have a hundreds of questions they want to ask the cloud service provider, right? like for example let's say now i am a company who is going to the cloud platform i will ask some 100 queries to the cloud service provider so to make sure you are able to ask those those or you to you are able to get those queries answered easily there is a document given by the cloud so by the csa called as a caiq the benefit is that team this is a question answer document so they will ask you questions based on the ccm standards or they will ask the cloud service provider with some serious set of questions here and what happens the CSP will answer whether it's yes or no or not applicable what is yes they are following it what is no they are not doing it what is not applicable that is not relevant to the cloud service provider let me show you an answer document by the AWS the CSP has already answered it I'm just going to show you that see this is the answer document given by the last one is May 2022 it's given by the CSP It's AWS answered the same thing is there for Azure also. Let me show you an example here. This is very 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 sensible team because okay, is the cloud data periodically backed up? Okay, the question is that is the cloud data periodically backed up as by the CSA? the CSP has answered. Yes, the AWS has answered. Yes, we are doing it and they will tell us who is responsible for it. Yeah, this is basically the responsibility of CSP and CSE also provider and consumer why because I ask has is different right and how do they how are they doing it they mentions here like the same way if I go for it if I scroll down are local emergency authorities included if possible in the exercise. No, it's a CSP own thing and they will have an answer for this so like the same way it's available to everyone. So see this team. Are cryptography encryption and key management roles and rep- responsibilities properly implemented yes they have given proper controls for it but who is supposed to do that it's supposed to be done by the cloud service consumer see like this you can get a lot of answers so now what happens you can review this document and only those extra questions you have right you can directly ask the provider so like this this provides a set of documents or a set of uh, question answer thing which is basically give you a clarity I can show you an example here please wait see the CAIQ is a document which offers an industry accepted way of document what security controls exist in IAS and as services provided security control transparency it provides set of yes or no questions see you are the consumer right then you you can verify it right see when you say that whether a consumer has done it or not that is something up to us see the C.I.Q. is there for aws Azure, gcp and all this almost all the providers nowadays see this team it's a very very helpful document in fact for me for everyone who is working in cloud auditing and assurance this is a very critical document okay that's a team fine that's it, so like you know, I'm just giving you a very high level overview of all these things team, but again I, I this is very helpful to you if you basically go for a cloud platform now talking about the ccak certification now because I have seen many queries because the reason why I am talking about the c- ccak is that when I wrote the ccak c k first first of all basically the re- reason why this ccak is a you know uh, a very important thing is because team now as of now what happens there is a lot of certifications there for auditing the on-premises and we have a lot of things like iso certification like we have something called as a CSA. a lot of things are there but there must now the cloud is everywhere and we have a trust issues right we always have a lot of trust issues in the cloud platform and we have assurance over everything so what we need team so to build the assurance the body is called as a csa cloud security alliance and the isaka you know they both these providers right they basically has come up with a certification called as a ccak certificate of cloud audit knowledge it's not a certification it's a certificate like ccsk isaka is an organization and ccak is all so both of them collaborate together to build a, bring this certification to you like if you go to the isaka website or csa website both of both are providing the same certification they're collaborative. like for example for CCSP okay for CCSP it's basically done by CSA and IC square right but IC square is handling all the things for them but if you go for CCAK you can see that certification credentials or standard uh, uh, process in the CS and SAC also right so how do I learn CCAK my recommendation is that you never go for any means this is not something which i have i'm supposed to say in this session but i'm telling you that you never go to any certification or anything without planning a proper goal i'll give an example like for example now you are working as a cloud enterprise architect or maybe you are a cloud auditor now or maybe you're an auditor now or you are a, a you know compliance expert now so whatever it is so based on a job role If you want to have to make a proper assurance over the cloud platform and or you want to drive a whole team to make sure that the things are happening as expected in the in the business the cloud is basically working as expected as per your business requirements and all you need to the auditing in the cloud platform and this particular certification can help you to provide a complete visibility and complete strategy for helping you to get to understand the whole challenges or whole strategy of getting the cloud audit knowledge now you may think in my company there is cloud implemented but we don't basically perform any of these documentations there i have seen many organizations who tell me this word they have implemented cloud platform they are using cloud platform for a long time but there's no cloud governance there in picture that is fine if you are a small company but when your company grows and you are handling massive amount of customer data and all these kind of things you will have to need a proper cloud strategy and that is where the CCAK kind of things can help you a lot okay and as per the isaka and as per the csa these are the people who basically can you know go for CCAK. but again this is not something which i say i say that it can it can help anyone who basically want to you know uh, to learn about addressing the concerns of cloud platform to to provide an assurance to the organization then they can go for CCAK. so there is a lot of certification right like you can find a lot of certificate in the market like you can see cssp ccsp CSA. a lot of things are there so this can be definitely but if you have the any of these things plus having a, a CCAK is a very good thing for us but again the my recommendation is that if you want to get a cca key, or if you want to be a cloud auditor first thing i as i as i always say in every trainings learn at least one cloud platform learn at least one cloud provider platform like aws azure gcp whatever it is it's completely up to you so chris which is the best one nothing is best it's up to you okay the second thing is that once you learn at least one cloud platform go for at least one cloud governance course like for example maybe you could go for uh, you know ccsk or ccsp or any kind of cloud governance course this is more easy i'm not talking about getting certified that's a different story third thing is that go for ccak because ccak is something which can optimize your skills to the maximum level when comparing with this particular or to to add on as a beneficial thing for all these things you have already learned or if you don't have any of these things completely fine if you are already driving a whole business project for cloud or if you are running in the cloud platform for a long time with uh, you know you want to pr- know, understand how the assurance is provided in the cloud platform or how do i make a proper verification of cloud controls then also ccak can be a helpful thing for your team and last but not least this is the exam information about ccak It's a complete online proctor exam, and they have a total of 76 multiple choice questions. Okay, now that is that is one more thing I I want to uh, say is that. So Krish, now uh, I'm I'm a manager. Do I have to learn a cloud platform? I will say yes. The reason is because you are driving a cloud project. Then how do you understand or how you how do you communicate to your team members if you don't know what is DevOps, what is DevSecOps, what is cloud, what is auditing? See? so you have to have a overview of all these things right so it's an exam which is basically having 76 multiple choice questions and the exam is duration is 120 minutes that is two hours and the passing score is 70 out of the total. team you have a total of 76 questions okay the total number of questions is 76 and the passing score is 70 okay and the cost of this exam is if you are a if you are already a CSA member or a, if you if you are already a CSA member it will be uh, like if you have done CC SK or something or maybe if you are already a CSA member then you will get it for 395 US dollars or if you are not a CSA member the cost is 495 dollars or US dollars okay that's a cost for it if you you are a CC uh, if you are a CSA member you will get 395 dollars and if you are not a CSA member you will get it for 495 dollars for that that's a Course of exam and there's only one chance not like ccsk it's a proctored exam whatever we are discussing okay the whenever you're going for any training or any certification team never you know never think about um, you know the exam exam is very important for sure you have to go through it but that is not that must not be the primary thing please learn it and the perspective of a understanding okay that's it okay because you know at the end of the day when you basically go for learning something and uh, you know you just end up in learning something for the certification nothing will help you after this particular process you must have a actual understanding of the the, the the high level overview or the idea about how to audit a cloud platform what are the baselines what are the controls we have to follow and all these things right that's it